0: Good morning, everybody. Yes, yes, thank you. All right. Well, Jesus, we just thank you for your blessings and for uh, meeting with us in this place, Lord God. And what we pray is that today you would uh, put in us those things that uh, are eternal. God, that you would. Uh, Plant our, in our hearts uh, Your Word and the things that You have to say to us. God, the things that maybe we've heard uh, many times before. But Lord, today, God, make it, make it new to us. Make it fresh to us. God, make it something that would nourish our soul, God, and, and that we would see something we've never seen before. And God, what we pray is that uh, You would do in this place what only You could do. God, that You would say what You want to say. That You would do what You want to do in this place. And we pray it in your name. Amen and amen. Well, uh, extra special thanks to everybody that uh, made the trek out to Ottawa yesterday. It's a ways. And uh, had a a grand time. I am about partied out though. (laughs) We hosted Thanksgiving, had several dinner parties, and two birthdays. And I like having my house tidy, but... When you, you have to have your house tidy when people are coming over, so especially people that have never seen it before, so it's kind of a nice reason to keep it that way but uh, uh it's also a lot of work so now i'm I'm one of those people that I like to have you know there's a place for everything and everything in its place and and I like my life to be like that, you know, and the holidays everything kind of goes sideways and you know, by the time New Year's is over, I'm ready for life to kind of go back to normal. And so, it's a, a few weeks delayed for me this year before things really went back to normal. If if you could really describe anything as normal. Uh, I was thinking about how much my life changed this last year, and I was like, wow, my life is almost unrecognizable from where it was last January. So, I, I, I never saw myself leaving Baldwin anytime soon, and I did. And uh, a whole host of other things that have changed in my life things with work and stuff. And so, it's funny how that happens. So, uh, go with me to Galatians 3. I love this book, it's a really great book. I've been hanging out in Revelation for a while. It's um, really, really chewing on what Jesus said to the churches. And uh, you ever read something in the Word, and it's like you know there's more there than what you're seeing, or it's like you, it's like on the tip of your brain, but you can't quite grasp it. And uh, I've been having a lot of those experiences uh, there in the. I don't know. I've literally spent. A couple of weeks, just going through those chapters and and uh, reading stuff about them and the you know references that are there and it's been really enlightening and uh, but yesterday I uh, uh, just felt like reading in Galatians and uh, you know it was a, a precious Bible study on Wednesday you know uh, having that reminder. You know because the things that Celine said last week were really great about you know you have you've got you know uh obedience and surrender and you've got faith and you have these these three things that keep you stable while you're flying and uh um, you know God's been talking a lot lately about obedience and surrender and and those are you know indispensable um but I think sometimes uh When we begin to look at those things and examine those uh, things in our life, I think sometimes uh, we kind of don't really look at it uh, through that perspective of faith. We're kind of looking at it like, you know, i got to pull up my boots and and get this done. And there's certainly a measure of that. But but, uh, this thing about faith was really precious. I was actually talking with somebody on Tuesday about how um, faith in God eliminates that need for all these external directions and, and things. And uh, and your that your sense of well-being comes from that faith in your relationship with Him and not in how you're doing. And uh, I had this big, long conversation with somebody about that on Tuesday. And then I come to church Wednesday and Ron says the same thing. I was like, yes! So... That's always encouraging, especially as, as God is weaning us all away from that uh, sense of, well, I feel good, so therefore everything is going well. <laughs> because don't we all like that? I mean, I, I like everything to feel like it's going well. I You know, I, I'm not one of those, you know, push through something I don't want to do type of people, really. Um uh somebody uh gave me a really interesting uh thing the other day they said you know how do you eat a frog all at once as fast as you can (laughs) and i I thought that makes a lot of sense i'm I'm more like i'm going to sit in front of that thing and i'm going to stare at it for a while (laughs) and perspire you know and and that's what i do with stuff i don't want to deal with you know and uh uh, uh, I think it would probably be easier to just open wide <laughs> and just deal with it. You know, it's uh, easier said than done. Talk to me about that tomorrow morning, and we'll see how how I'm doing on that. But, uh, but you know, this um, uh, you know, in Galatia they were, uh, or in this this you know. Epistle to the Galatians. You know, it's really interesting because Paul talks out, starts out. He just says, "Paul, an apostle of of God, not of men," and then kind of goes on from there. and And he even puts that in parentheses. He just kind of started out by saying, "Paul, an apostle to you." You know, and and then uh, you know, as you read through this letter, you find that he's combating these people who would come behind him and mess with what he said. And, and, of course, so he says, if anybody preaches any other gospel to you other than what you've received, then let them be accursed. Uh, and it, and it's, um, it's interesting when you look at that passage because he said, well, let's look at it real quick. This isn't what I was going to talk about. But he says, uh, I marvel so soon in six that you're so removed from him that calls you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. But there are some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Uh, you know and those are uh two different two different uh, words there uh where he says another in verse 6 and 7 you know the first one is um, uh another of a different kind like um, you know that's uh the greek language is where we get those prefixes hetero and and homo and all that kind of stuff and uh this is this is hetero this is another of a different kind and uh and then here in in verse 7 he says which is not another another of the same kind so he's saying this this thing that that these other people have brought to you is not what i brought you it's not just a different iteration of what i said this is something entirely different and uh and so he said so he tells him you don't want to you don't want to receive that <coughs> But, uh, uh, and it's, and I think that's a great deal of where faith comes in, uh, is because these, these people that came in behind Paul talking this stuff, um, they kept trying to bring them back to this keeping of the Jewish laws and, and the covenant and things. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thought because if you were talking to people who were a part of that, that covenant, you know to you know god talked so seriously in the old testament about the importance of keeping your end of this covenant and uh and being a part of it that uh you know the the idea of something that seems contrary perhaps would would certainly be difficult to uh just jump in there and be like yeah yeah that sounds great and do that you know and uh you know, to some degree, I think the the Christian church has taken a lot of what Paul says here in in Galatians and in Romans, and it's like you know we're free from the law, yeah. So that means we we'll don't have to keep any of it. We could just do whatever, you know. And uh which you know begs the question, as we've all asked before. So does that mean you could kill somebody and it'd be okay? You know, can you steal something and that would be all right? You know, in in Jeremiah. He, he sent Jeremiah to Israel, and, and he told them, "He's like, remind them of what we talked about when I delivered them from the iron furnace of Egypt. That I said, obey my voice. You know, and so, you know, any he, any he specifies that by talking about the the commandments and things, but but it's but he starts out with this sense of obey my voice, which requires faith, because if you have faith in the voice that you're hearing the right voice then you don't necessarily need all the all the black and white to look at you know and he and he said that this is the covenant I'm going to make with him I'm going to put my laws into your heart into your mind so you don't need uh, all this other stuff you're going to have a voice behind you saying this is the way walk in it so uh, I am a I like to see it written down type of person. You know, I have these conversations with my business coach, and he wants me to do stuff I really don't want to do. And I have this voluntary sense of accountability to him, but I'm also paying him a lot of money to tell me to do the stuff I don't want to do. So, you know, this sense of accountability is really weird, but... uh, when he tells me to do something i don't want to do when anybody tells me something that i really i have no intention of doing or i don't want to do or i'm thinking that's dumb i'm not going to do it uh i usually just okay yeah uh huh yep and then i my mind just like i'm i'm thinking about why i'm not going to do that why i don't want to do that or or whatever and i kind of stop listening to what they're saying and some yep uh huh yep yep and uh and so then, when I go back to realize, okay I guess all right I'm going to do this now what was I supposed to do again because I wasn't listening, and I didn't write it down or or i didn't wasn't somewhere where I could write it down and so I am a I like to see it written down in black and white so it's a blessing that God's given us his word to refer back to uh, and just imagine how fuzzy everything would be without without the The black and white of his word but he so he's talking to these these people it's like okay so I brought you this gospel about how you were justified uh, by his blood alone by his merit alone and and that's how you're gonna uh, pass through the pearly gates and now you've got these guys that are coming through and telling you that that you have to do X Y and Z that you have to be you know circumcised according to the law you have to do you know whatever and all this this stuff that undermines that sense of faith in the relationship with God and uh, you know and that's the thing that 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 the enemy is after is undermining your sense that God loves you and that, that he wants to deal with you and and that he's pleased that you came by and uh, uh, you know it's like when my my kids want to talk to me about something I'm 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 glad they showed up. I'm glad they wanted to talk, and uh, um, you know, I just I enjoy that that interaction with them, and and so so God en- enjoys the interaction with us, and He's you know he, it's uh, uh, Ron used a really interesting illustration one time about it's like it's like you show up for work and your boss just sits you down with a cup of coffee and and a donut. Which I mean, the ultimate olive branch, and, uh, and and just just wants to just chat, and you're thinking the whole time, is this a test? Should I be working? <laughs> and said, no, no, I just I had to do this weird project this week, uh, this past week, and uh, kind of a weird specialty thing, and and uh, I needed to keep our guy busy. And I didn't really have much for him to do other than stand around. He did a little bit of stuff for me at the beginning, and then he watched all day and he paced around like a caged animal because he was so bored. And he he he's like really intense and he's got to be busy all the time. And uh, uh, at the end of the day, he's like, "So what do you want me to put down for my hours for today?" Because I really didn't. I only worked a little bit in the morning and a little bit at the end of the day. And I was like, I want you to put down eight hours because <laughs> you were there all day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, yeah, but I didn't do it. And I was like, you're going to put down eight hours <laughs> <laughs> because I'm your boss and I, I am authorizing you to put down eight hours. I, I demand it. So it's like, you know, you let me set set the expectation for what's okay here. So you, you were, you know. Essentially, as an employee, it's your your job is to do what I tell you to do, and I basically just told you to stand there and watch. So, you did. So, therefore, you were working. And I seem to recall saying something about watch and learn. So, there you go. Paid training. So, um, and, you know, in our society, we're conditioned to believe that nothing is free, and that... uh, um and there are a lot of people who are out there to uh, uh to hose you if you're not careful but um <laughs> you know um they uh the thing is is we we feel like surely we have to pay something you know it's like every time somebody calls it's like what's the catch you know I, I actually contact prospects with a free no-catch offer and they always look at me like or well through the phone they, I imagine them looking at the phone like is this guy for real or, or what's what's really if I dug underneath this far enough what's really under there you know and uh, and it's, uh, it's funny because there really isn't anything I'm just trying to get, get them as a customer it's like free sample so um, but you know people feel like they have to pay for it they, you have to pay for anything uh, that that somebody would give you, and and that's not how a gift works, and and that's what salvation is. is it's a gift, and and so paying for it actually cheapens the uh, what it is that he's given you. Um, you know, if you, I mean, think about that. You know, you, you gave somebody this really great gift that you knew they would love, and they they go digging out their wallet and it's like how would that make you feel it's like no no i just i just wanted you to have it seriously just take it you know and so um, uh, so here in, in galatians 3 without further ado it says in verse 1 o foolish galatians who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes jesus christ has been evidently set forth and crucified among you this only would I learn of you. received you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. So was it something you did that brought you into the kingdom or was it, was it him that did it? Was it uh, did, did you save you or did he save you? And, uh, and he says, Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? Are you now made perfect in the flesh? I think it's the, the youngs that says, Are you so thoughtless? which I thought was an interesting way to put it. It's like, uh, you know, I'm I'm not not really a thinker. You know, some people, they really think their way through something. They think fast on their feet. I'm not one of those people. I'm I'm like, two days later, I come up with a great comeback. Or, or, that's why they said that. Well, now I'm mad. (laughs) You know, um, But it, it's funny because I'm just a take people, take things at face value type of person and, uh, you know, to but he's like, are you so thoughtless? It's like, think about this, you know, having you, you started out in the spirit, you started out being justified by faith in, in Christ and his free salvation. Are you now going to be made perfect? Are you going to finish the work in you in the flesh? Like he he already told you the flesh was dead, so he 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 killed it already before you even got started. So probably not going to finish it that way. So he says, "Have you suffered so many things in vain? If it be yet in vain, so have you." It's like you've come too far to look back. You've already done all these things. You 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 know you've done that Abraham thing where you you put down you you know you put up your altars and uh you know one of the one of the altars that Abraham uh built uh it tells you specifically that he was uh that it was like facing uh toward Bethel and away from Ai. You know, and Ai means ruinous heap and Bethel is the house of God. And so he turned his back on the ruinous heap of life without God, of life done his own way and and turned himself toward the house of God. <clears throat> so the, the more times you turn your back on something in life like that and, and put it down and walk away from it, the more and more costly it would be to go back. And so to, to go back from this place of, of God doing the things in your life through the Spirit, by faith, uh, it would make all of those things that, that you've been through up to that point vain. Vain. You know, I mean, uh, there was this time years and years and years ago, somebody messed up some paperwork somewhere, and we ended up working on this house late into the day, and and we kept thinking it was strange that these people wanted chocolate brown walls all through this entire house, brand new house in the late 90s when uh, uh, everything was super light colored and uh, this is so weird. And, I mean, it's winter time, it's getting dark, and we're almost done. And the buyer for this house shows up, and they're like, is this just a primer or something? Because the walls are actually supposed to be kind of pink. And we all just, oh. And uh, Kevin's like, that's what that paint was for upstairs in my house. And we're like out in Kansas City. And... uh, He's like, uh, and then, you know, so we he called around, and it turned out that uh, somebody had just written down the wrong number for the color. And was a very small error that cost us a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And and uh, 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 I ended up driving all the way back here and getting that paint and then going all the way back, and we worked until about midnight making it right. And uh, by then, I just kind of I hated myself and everything. And uh but you know, we got through it and that was that. But it's like all of that painting that we did during the day, the regular work day was in vain. I'm driving back here to get this paint thinking, I should be going home right now. This is the end of the day. But I'm going to go back out there and I'm gonna work all evening. <laughs> you know, so when you've you've really invested in something, uh with your your time and your effort and and your energy, then to just toss it aside uh, means all that effort that you that you put in, all that energy that you invested is just in vain. It's wasted. And and so he's saying here, it's like, are you gonna go back to? Are you are you wanting to go back to being justified by your own actions and your own work and and doing all this stuff yourself and and Everything that you've done up to this point would be worthless. The things that God has done in your life, you would be negating them. Because he said that, that Christ is the, the end of the law for righteousness to them that believe uh, in Romans 10. And so, if you, so you don't want to just cast that aside like it's not worth anything. So he says, <clears throat> he therefore that ministers to you the Spirit and works miracles among you, does He do that by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Faith, right? Because, uh, you know, it, it's a funny thing uh, how uh, you know God can do things in people, uh, or through people rather, say something through somebody and you recognize the voice of God in them. Even though it's not maybe somebody you would have expected it from, or it's not somebody that's ministry necessarily, but it's somebody that, that that Christ lives in, and you you recognize the voice, and you or and you you recognize the the hand of God in the thing that that's going on through them. Uh, but did they do that because they were you know had their Sunday school enthusiasm on, or because they had the Spirit of God? They look at you guys. You guys know this already. Preaching to the choir. Even as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Uh, and, you know, the great thing I love about this is uh, Romans, what is it, 4? Yeah. It, uh, Paul goes on at length about how um, this this covenant God made with Abraham and imputing righteousness by faith to him predates the law by several hundred years. And uh, um, there's a particular verse uh, that I I found really interesting um, in Romans 4, um, no, uh, it's a little further down. actually here in Galatians 3. My bad. Um, Yeah, I I actually, uh, I typically will, I like to compare the King James with the Youngs and the Darby. Um, And uh, sometimes Paul's writing is a little squirrely for me. Like I said, I'm not much of a thinker. So I kind of like to have it nice and plain. Uh, And I actually went back through and I read this in Probably six or seven translations, read this whole chapter over and over again. And there was one of them, uh, I, I don't remember for the life of me what it was, but in, in 17, uh, 317, he says, and this I say, the covenant which was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law which was 430 years after, cannot disannul and make the promise of none effect. And I, uh, the other, some of the other translations say that so clearly. You know that that this, the law came after this promise, and it can't cancel it. It just can't. And uh, and so I, you know, I love how Paul talks about Abraham uh, in these in these letters here because he he talks about um, him having this righteousness accounted to him by faith because he he believed God. He believed the voice. He didn't have. Uh, he didn't have the Ten Commandments. Neither did Job. You know, he had the voice. He had faith in God. And uh, in fact, you know, when you read Job, it doesn't really ever say much of anything about God talking to him. Most of the book is Job wishing God would talk to him until you get to the end. Uh, so, um, but the, this, you know, this faith—it's like Adam. Adam didn't need God to tell him. Uh, this that and the other thing and and God never told him man Adam put some clothes on bro he just he had this relationship with him and it was you know hey you know you don't need to worry about right and wrong because I've I've got that all under control I will talk to you about what's right and what's wrong and in fact in the garden I don't think Adam was really even thinking about that I don't think that would be a question that would even come up you know what I mean Uh, other than this commandment of not eating from this tree and, uh, uh, you know, and of course, then he comes up with, after he does, he comes up with the wrong conclusion that, oh, it must be that I'm naked. And, uh, uh, and of course, when you, that's it, a really great metaphor for how you feel when you know that something is out of order in your walk with God. It's like, oh man, you ever have those dreams where you went somewhere and you're not wearing any pants? It's like that. You know, I have a lot of those. I don't know why. (laughs) I mean, I I was in speech and drama thing when I was in forensics when I was in high school. And I, for years after I got out of high school, I had these dreams that I was at a forensics tournament wearing nothing but a t-shirt. You know, and just like, I would always wear like a a shirt and tie and like maybe even a cardigan or something. Because it was always cold and I was terrified. So it was like... (laughs) It's way more comfortable to me to talk in front of a big group than it is like one person, you know, uh, as far as like for you know, in the sense of a performance. I don't know, because you know that they are focusing on you and there's no one else for you to focus on. And that was my first, first experience with any kind of public speaking or uh, anything like that. I my, That first time I had to do that, I was... I show up for the the first round. I go in this room and it's just me and this person looking expectantly at me, holding a pencil over a piece of paper. And I mean, I, I had my speech memorized. I wasn't super, you know, smooth with it. I, I mean, I could say it, you know, but I kind of I remember just basically I was frozen and just kind of delivered it without moving at all no kind of gestures no kind of anything and uh you know it's it, you know it's so quiet you can hear the the little uh uh buzzing the fluorescent lights that that hum to me just says anxiety you know? and i remember like i escaped from that first time around doing that Just my heart pounding and just like, oh god, I have to do that two more times today. And then again next week, three times. And, and, you know, three weeks, every, three times every week for the foreseeable future. What did I get myself into? And it wasn't like an extracurricular activity I could just drop out of. I was taking the class as one of my, uh, like required credits to graduate. And I don't, I don't know, by the end of it apparently I must not have minded it too bad because uh I joined up again the next year. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Uh I, I did speech the first time around. I kinda tried to get into more of like the drama side the second time around, but I was still too nervous. I, I wasn't any good at it. And uh I really, really wanted to do improvised duet acting with Mike because I thought that would be a blast and I thought we would be really good at it. Uh, but the coach wouldn 't let him join because she didn 't like him and and, uh, and she had this kind of bizarre crush on me, but that is a story for another time um, but so anyway i 'm not sure how I got off on that, but so now as you can see i 'm quite comfortable talking in front of people but um, anyway uh, so Abraham you know he believed god and it was counted to him for righteousness you know it wasn't about doing anything and uh you know he you know god comes to him and and he he follows this voice more or less that that comes to him i mean he's not you know he was an idol worshiper right he's lives in babylon and and or whatever and um this voice tells him hey leave your Country leave kindred, come out and follow me and, and all this. And he does, more or less. You know, I mean he takes his family with him. And uh you know, God just kind of patiently works in through all that stuff, you know. Like, okay, wait till your dad dies, okay. Like, okay, now you've got this little nephew guy, okay, we're gonna have to you know and, and I love how instead of just destroying him, God just makes them both so blessed that they can't dwell together anymore. It's like how you know, he's just so creative. But uh um uh, I would have never thought of that solution. I would have thought you know, okay, lots of problem with squishing, but um uh, you know he uh so Abraham didn't really necessarily do all this stuff right, and it's funny because Paul says that if you're justified by works, then Abraham would have something to glory about, and what he well then he, but then you get to uh you know he does eventually. God, God brings him to this place where he does indeed obey these things that, that God told him to do. It's like, well, he he gave it a good shot. We'll just get uh, Tara out of the way. We'll get Lot out of the way. No, we'll just work with this and then, um, you know, and then he he. It's a wonder that Sarah stayed with him. You know, it's like he means sister. Handy? No, but uh, no, but you know, so he uh, you know, but he so he does all this stuff, it's kind of like, okay but but God works him around where you know, things turn out right, you know, he takes Isaac up on the mountain and so clearly there is you know, I mean you don't get much more of an example of believing God than that and uh, so a, I take a lot of encouragement from Abraham's life because he he his heart was to do what God told him to do. Uh, clearly, uh, maybe his follow through wasn't quite there on the details, but but God knew how to work him through all that stuff and make things turn out right. And when when you read God's estimation of him in the New Testament, you know He never says anything about yeah, yeah Abraham kind of did what I told him to, but not really. You know He. He's like, man, this guy is my buddy. And he did all this stuff right. Like, look at this guy. So he says, they that are, uh, well, no, in verse uh, 7. Know ye, therefore, that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. Which is interesting because that's the thing that the Pharisees always told Jesus. It's like, you know, it's like, don't give me that. We're the, we're the children of Abraham. It's like, eh, not not, not Really? It's like because uh, Abraham listened to what I had to say. It's like you you not so much. He says in the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying in thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So he's not he's not talking about any of the things that Abraham did here just says that he just he believed God and of course you know James explains really well to us how uh the 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 works that come out in your life are not the the driving force of your righteousness they're not the thing that, that makes that but it is an outgrowth of the the faith that you have inside because if you don't see any of those those works coming out, then right. how can you say you have faith? That's what James said. Right. Yeah. You have to you have to be able to point to those things working in your life. and I think all of us in here can look at our life and think, okay, yeah, I, I see things changing. I see things working differently. I see these things coming out of me and and so uh, I, I must be heading the right direction. And he says, uh, They which are of faith are blessed and faithful, Abraham. For as many as are under the works of the law are under the curse. For it's written, Cursed is everyone that continues not and all the things that are written in the book of the law to do them. So, you know, I read that. And I thought, I've read that a hundred times, you know, but I thought, what does he mean? You know, the, the, the curse of the law. Um, you know, but uh, in Romans 8 he says that the the the, uh, you know, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death, which that's that curse he's talking about, the law of sin and death. You sin, you die. And so he's, he's made us free from that in our inside man. And he said that, that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith. But the man that does them shall live in them. And this word live has, you know, it has a lot of different senses. Uh, and I suppose it's the same as English, really. Um, because one of the, the uh, senses of this word is to pass your life in a certain manner. You know, it's like how you live. Not necessarily just the fact that you are alive. You know, because I'm thinking, you know, I read verse 12 and I thought, like, you, you know, do this and you live. No, I had to get a physical once uh, by this, this doctor that had a very thick accent from somewhere indeterminate, as far as I know. And uh, uh, at the end of the physical, uh, he says, this do, and you can leave. So I'm all ears. This do, and you can live. You know, I'm like, what's the matter with me? <laughs> you know? I'm I'm 19. I'm not much of a thinker anyway. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm just kind of staring at him expectantly, and he's like, one, go. He's like, oh, you can leave. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. All right. Um, so you know, so not that kind of live. He's talking about this is how you live your life. And uh, so, you know, the just shall live their life by faith. Faith in their relationship with God uh does you know does that mean that we can just ignore the law altogether no no because he said obey my voice mm-hmm. and and if you if if you have faith in him it doesn't it's not faith that i don't have to do the law that it's like faith that that i have been justified by his merit and that that uh, He expects me to obey His voice. And if I don't obey His voice, then He will correct me for it. And He will teach me. And, and you know, that, uh, uh, those promises are ours too. I, always, I think about that. You know, every promise of the book is mine. It's like, you know, even the ones of, you know, the ones that uh, aren't so fun. You know, and, and so his sense of, you know, and, and Paul, of course, addresses that in Romans 6 because he says, you know, that, um, you know, you know, shall we sin? You know, the grace may abound, and all this stuff, and that, uh, you know, that how can we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So you can't obviously uh, obey that thing because then you wouldn't be, you you couldn't have faith in God and move on in, uh, in you know, this willful, selfish, I'm going to just live in sin and do whatever I want kind of thing. You you couldn't. They are mutually exclusive, so uh, but I thought it was interesting here in twelve because it says the law is not a faith, but the man that does them shall live in them and I went back and I read several instances where um, where Moses said uh, well actually not just Moses but uh, uh, where that that comes from in the Old Testament you know because Moses said it in Leviticus, he said it in Deuteronomy, and it 's repeated in Ezekiel uh, or well, maybe it was Deuteronomy and Nehemiah. I don't remember exactly now, but um, but it's an interesting little thing because he talks about it in a way of you're not going to live like the nations around you. Um, you're gonna you're gonna follow my statutes, and the man that does them shall live in them. And then he goes on to talk about all these things that the, that the, that the Canaanites did. And and that, you know, and so you get from it this sense of I'm going to not live like that because I want to live. <laughs> and uh, so I found it very interesting that he says it here in this sense of the man that does them shall live in them. But but this word live is like passing your life in a certain manner. So the law is not a faith, but the man that does them is going to have to live that way live on this this basis of this is what i do and this is what makes me okay before god and it's not that and he says christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it's written cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree that the blessing of abraham might come on the gentiles through jesus christ that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man dissolves or adds thereto. So he's saying, you know, even, you know, even just a, uh, you know, a covenant or a, an agreement just between people. You know, once it has been ratified with this sense of, you know, we we've met all the, you know, we we've set this in order and we've both agreed to it. Uh, you, he's saying you don't you don't change that and you don't just cancel it and uh and so he's saying and, and that's just with people you know what about god you know does, does god just change his mind with the with the blowing wind not at all it's a good thing as if he was as flighty as me uh, i have been told that uh, sometimes my decisions about what whether or not i like something or not are rather arbitrary Upon examination, that is true um, uh, and uh the people who are closest to me put up with it with gracious good humor that, uh and try gently to lead me around to see why that's a really silly decision, which I appreciate but um you know but that sense of you know it's like this is the covenant, we've made up our mind, this is what we're doing, this is how it works, and you don't change it you know and that's that's what salvation is. You know, we agree to that covenant and God doesn't change. And He, and he changes us, but in a really good way. <laughs> that brings us more into line with keeping His covenant. <clears throat> uh, wow, it's already 10.30. I am cutting into your donut time. Uh, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He say, saith not to seeds as of many... But as of one to thy seed, which is Christ, and this I say that the covenant, which was confirmed of God in Christ, the law, which was four hundred and thirty years after cannot disannul that it should make the promise of no effect. One of the other things I read said that it can't cancel the, the promise. I really like that. That was a really great way to word that for if the inheritance be of the law, then it's no more a promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. So if if the inheritance of eternal life was by the law, then heaven would be an empty place because nobody would be there. Wherefore then serves the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. So is the law against the promises of God? God forbid if there had been a law which could have given life, then verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the Scripture has concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. So, uh, I love how God puts us all in the same boat. You know, uh, you know, it's like when the Titanic was going down; they wanted to, you know, segregate the lifeboats according to class, you know, because you know even in this this life and death situation you don't want to sit next to somebody that you know maybe smelly <laughs> or maybe they don't you know drink their tea with their pinky up but you know god puts us all in the same boat which is a is a glorious thing because that that doesn't change so much when you get when you get saved other than that you know, I mean, you're on a different road than they are, but you still need God just as much as the, the guy in the street does. And and you, you going to heaven is the same way he's going to go to heaven. And so that, that there is no other way. And so he puts us all in the same boat of our need for him, but he also puts us all in the same boat of how he's going to fix it and how he's going to get us where, where we're going. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. And so, you know, the law should teach us that that we need Him. But after that, faith has come; you're no longer under the schoolmaster, for you're all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. You know, you don't you don't need somebody you don't need the the law to keep reminding you, hey, by the way, you need God, because you know you do, and and you and you have this sense of faith that, yes, I need Him, but yes, He loves me. And 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 I I'm his child by faith, so I I'm I'm confident these things are going to work out right. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, so you have His righteousness on, not not your own. There's neither Jew nor Greek, or bond or free, male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So that's grand grand place to be Um, you know I was thinking this week about that uh, that sense of being okay knowing that you're okay by faith just you know apart from how you feel I've I've talked to people about that a lot uh, and it's funny when it happens to you it's it's easy to know the answer for other people and it's funny because you know the answer when it happens to you, but it's not so easy to take hold of it sometimes. And the you know God in his wisdom knows that he has to wean us away from feeling like if I don't feel a certain way, then something is wrong. You know, it's like if and then and I you know, I don't feel excited today, uh and so you know Chucky, darn, there must be something wrong with me. God knows how to wean us away from that where where, uh, I know I have righteousness uh, by faith in in Christ and His merit and His blood and His love for me. And so uh, I'm not concerned about the state of my soul. It's well with my soul because He bought it. He paid for it. and so, regardless of how I feel, I know I'm okay, and uh, um, and you know the great thing is is uh, God does, is also that great comforter, and so you you have recourse to go to him and get that sense of, "I would like to feel better now," you know and, and it doesn't always come uh, right away. Sometimes God just kind of will rub your shoulders and hold up the little silver bucket for you to spit in, and then you get back out there. Without really feeling any better but but you but he he puts in you this sense of this is going to be okay and, and that's what faith is all about. so Jesus, we just thank you for your word to us uh, for your faithfulness and love and god uh, we just pray you plant these things down in us today god uh, uh, that this uh, that the faith and the obedience and the surrender uh, that Celine talked about last week would would all work together. Uh, in each and every one of our life that we would uh, fly in the sense of stability that, that all three of these things are working in concert in our life and that the knowledge of good and evil uh, is is not throwing off that balance uh, in any of those three things. And God, what we pray is that our sense of faith would be uh, completely in You uh, and that our our eyes would be ever towards Calvary. And, and and towards that great resurrection morning, God, that they, because You live, we shall live also. And God, we just thank You for all that You've done for us. And we just pray that today You would do as only You can. In Your name we pray. Amen. Amen.